Welcome to another edition of Security Clearance Podcast. I'm Frank Rizzo, and joining us today is Peter Suchu. Peter is a New York-based freelance writer, covered consumer electronics, technology, electronic entertainment, and the toy industry for the last 15 years. And in that time, Peter has done work for more than three dozen publications, including Newsweek, PC Magazine, Laptop, PC Upgrade, Wired, and so on. And uh, Peter, we're happy to have you on our podcast today. Yeah, thank you. Now, Peter, we all have them. Some might be listening through their smartphone right now. You can bank on it. You can keep personal private information on it. But Peter, how secure is the phone in our hands? That's a great question. The the mobile smartphone today is a great device. It connects us to the world pretty much wherever we go. But uh, it's a gateway to trouble in many ways. Um, We don't use the same level of caution with our smartphones that we've all become accustomed to with our desktops. Uh, This is really problematic uh, with some of the younger users today because they just aren't as familiar with desktop computers. You know, all of our desktops, we have our Internet security software. We were told throughout the 90s, the early 2000s, be cautious of every email you get. If you don't know who the person is, don't open it. There's all kinds of nasty viruses, ransomware and other things that are out there. And as John McAfee, the... um, antivirus pioneer. Um, He basically came out this week and warned that the cell phone is a problem. Uh, And a big part of it is it just doesn't have that level of cybersecurity to protect you from all those nasty things that are out there. Well, there's there's limited space on our smartphones, Peter. So I I know I don't have a a virus scanner on my my smartphone because I had limited space and I want to have my Facebook app. Right. But keep in mind, back in the 90s when we didn't have uh, terabyte hard drives, back when hard drives were still megabytes, there was a way still of having firewalls and some of those other things. But a big part of the problem also is social engineering. Hackers work as much with social engineering, and that is tricking you through phishing scams and other types of malicious attacks on your personality rather than a brutal attack on your software and that's a key part of it i think if you're cautious on your desktop of those emails you have to be just as cautious when it's a text coming in telling you you want a prize or or anything like that if you're getting a text from a number you don't recognize and it has a link i would no more click on that than i would open an attachment from somebody i don't know on my desktop and a lot of people don't do that a lot of people get that text message uh, you're walking down the street, you click on it, and it's going to become a bigger and bigger problem. Uh, people's phones are going to be locked through ransomware, uh, and especially if you're syncing your phone with your desktop or your computer network at work, you really could be compromising a lot of other systems beyond just your phone, and that's the really scary part about it today. So it's easier for them to come in through an open window than it is for them to kick, out, kick down the door. Absolutely. And today's uh, iPhones and Android phones and even the BlackBerry, all of these things are, are those, uh, those, those easy targets. And the hole might not be real big, but they don't need a real big hole. But I thought, I mean, recently wasn't the FBI and Apple kind of fighting over unlocking a phone and Apple says that they're so secure that they're not going to do that. And the FBI, for crying out loud, couldn't get in. Well, that's a, that's a different case. Um, that's not necessarily somebody clicking on a link that installs malicious software. That's the actual security protocols on the phone. But as it turns out, it, it was uh, a big brouhaha that lasted for a couple months. But in the end, Apple went, uh, rather not Apple, but the FBI rather went to some hackers 
and it turned out after a couple hours they were able to get in. So the phones aren't really nearly as secure as some of the companies would like to make them seem. Uh, the other thing is, uh, the other half of this is back to John McAfee. He's even warning how your phone could be snooping on you. Uh, and again, it, it's ironic. As a technology reporter and business reporter, I used to travel a lot. And one of the funniest stories I often tell people is, again, it comes back to that social engineering part. The human element is the weakest part. And maybe it's not exactly social engineering, but I was on a plane one time and a guy was pretty much shouting into his phone with some very sensitive data, didn't realize who's sitting in the cabin with him. And he basically says to the person on the other end, we don't want any of this information to get out until the press release goes out. Well, that's great. You're sitting next to a business reporter. I mean, I could have leaked the story that day. I ended up not doing so, but people are very, um, people are a lot less cautious when they're using their phone walking down the street than they would be sitting in their office. People take a private phone call in their office, they close the door, but yet those same people have no problem shouting into their phone on a crowded airplane. So it all, it all kind of comes back to the human element, as you said, being the, the weakest link. So what can we do as the, the average everyday person or, or the, the someone with a security clearance who has sensitive information on their smartphone? What, what's available for us to keep, keep that safe? Well, I think if you have security clearance, if you wouldn't say it outside the office and you wouldn't talk to me and we had security clearance and we're walking down Fifth Avenue in New York and we wouldn't talk to each other about something that was that sensitive, you certainly shouldn't be talking about it on a phone. Uh, that's absolutely number one. Uh, number two is uh, if there is any kind of security you can put on your phone, absolutely use it. Uh, and I would be very sensitive about sending any kind of classified information on a uh, on a mobile device if there was a secure email whether it's uh, security involved whether it's just something work related that I don't want to get out there whether it's just something personal with my family I don't want it to get out of there send it through secure means whether that means uh, on a desktop computer or you know in person I mean that's that's the big problem is once something's out in cyberspace it's really hard to get it back so rewinding just a, a bit here Peter what did you mean by our phones are spying on us? Well, I wasn't the one that actually said it. John McAfee had said that his cell phone could be spying on us. Uh, I, I do agree with what he's saying. Uh, when we put things on like Location Finder and we check in at uh, various restaurants and stores that we're going to, when we post all of these constant updates, it, it's ironic that on the one hand people complain and they want their privacy, but yet people are texting and posting and putting updates all the time everywhere they're going and the phone has gps tracking that's what uh mr mcafee i believe was talking about when he said that it's spying on us but as we've seen i mean a, a mobile phone like a, a laptop or any other portable device it's got cameras it's got microphones if malicious software were to be installed in this device and it sits on your desk and somebody were able to hack that device, and it's got a microphone, it would be able to pick up your conversations. So I, I think that's where uh, McAfee is, is, is warning about this. But I certainly see it, too, that we're giving away some of our privacy by having a phone that has GPS that's always on, by, by using these apps 
that alert our friends when we're nearby. When we're using apps that say, oh, Peter happens to be at Starbucks over here at this particular place. When we're installing that type of software, we're actually giving our privacy away. It, it's, uh, it's kind of ironic. It uh, is. Big Brother's not so much watching you. We're, uh, we're standing in front of the camera making sure Big Brother sees us. So it's one of those things where it seems convenient or, or maybe fun to have these things to turn down on our phone. And, and I didn't realize that I'm kind of just broadcasting, yeah, here I am. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, certainly younger people, I, I think, really play into this. Um, I, I think some of this, it's a little off topic. It goes to the whole reality TV phenomenon. Everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame, and if it doesn't come to you, you're going to try to make sure you're in the spotlight, and nobody wants 15 minutes anymore. They want the full hour. So uh, I'm one of those people that, even as a uh, freelance reporter who uh, you know needs to get my name out there, I kind of take a much more low-key approach to social media and some of that stuff, only because I see the downside. I don't want to be caught saying the wrong thing, as we've seen with athletes and celebrities and politicians, certainly. They say the wrong thing, and it can haunt them for days, weeks, years. So I try to be very cautious of what I say on social media, and I certainly don't want to give my privacy away by uh, broadcasting to the world where I am at every minute. I, I don't need to do that. I mean, that, I'm already easy enough to find. That brings up a, a, an interesting point. Say your your smartphone is hacked, and you've got your your Facebook, your LinkedIn, uh, your your Twitter all on your phone. Obviously, someone can go in there and start acting as the, if they were you, and say all sorts of things. They could, they could, and it's uh, it's it, it, it's a type of identity theft for the 21st century. And it might not necessarily destroy your credit history, but it can destroy pretty much other aspects of your life, your reputation in ways that, that, could, that, are, that could be much harder to fix than just uh, making sure the banks know who you are and getting your credit history back in order. Uh, somebody posts the wrong thing, says some inflammatory comments, or makes pejorative statements on Facebook or social media, and that could be very devastating to some people. Um, so, again, that's why I caution anybody to be careful what they're saying, but also to really watch their devices. I, I just worry about it. I really do. And I'm, I'm not trying to be somebody who's paranoid, but as the saying goes, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean people aren't out to get you. No, you make a good point. And it almost feels like you should have a certain level of paranoia when it comes to this. I think we should. I think we should. We certainly had it with the desktop computer uh, in the 90s after a wave of viruses. I think people got very comfortable knowing they needed security. We see it's become a big business. Anytime that there were big uh, viruses out there, it led the evening news. But again, we have these portable devices that are so much more powerful. You, you think about it, an iPhone or most of the Android devices today, these are more powerful, have more memory, and can do more than what a computer in 1992 could do but they're so much less secure, so many more of us have them, and we're doing nothing to protect them. And that's, that's a real danger to, that I see. Well, it feels like I should be paranoid because I've got a lot of things. I mean, you can literally, you can put your credit cards on your phone and just tap it on at different stores and pay for things. So, it, but someone's not going to open up an email from their grandma if it's a .com instead of a .net. Right. Right. No, we're seeing uh, we're seeing not only your your financial information, we're seeing personal information. The phone can uh, remember where you've been, where you're going. Uh, there's all sorts of passwords on there. There's photos. 
Um, I, there's just a lot of bad stuff that can happen, and we've even seen over the years, uh, I mean, there was the story a couple years ago how uh, an engineer who was testing an iPhone prototype left it at a bar, and it, it, it got picked up, and somebody eventually returned it, but, you know, they're not that hard. I, I haven't lost a phone in, in a more than a decade, but it was... Uh, I guess around 2001, I lost a phone at the movie theater, never got it back. In those days, you just kind of went, you called uh, your provider, they turned the phone off, that was it. Today, it's, it's a lot worse. You lose your phone, you're losing a big piece of your life. So are there any additional security measures that one should take, or is it just, just a blanket, be careful? I think it's, it's a blanket, be careful, but I think it's actually be extra careful, um, and I would really say limit the type of information you're keeping on your phone. Uh, I certainly would advise absolutely no one to take risque photos on a phone. I think uh, you're asking for trouble. I would be careful of anything you say, um, any of the messages that are saved on your phone. I would be careful even of keeping lots of address books or anything like that, because if you lose your phone, you've now opened up all of your contacts to potential viruses and everything else. I mean... If, if my friend lost my, you know, you get those kind of phishing scams where, oh, uh, Frank, I'm in London and my phone got stolen and all this other stuff and I need you to wire me some money to Western Union so I can pay my hotel bill. That's the kind of stuff that worries me, too, is when you keep all of this extra information on your phone about these people. I mean, one thing I do, and maybe it sounds crazy, is I only have my friend's first names on the phone. I don't have their full names. And I try to remember, and it's, okay, Frank number one is this particular Frank, Frank number two is somebody else. And every once in a while I make the wrong call. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant to call the other guy. But I do that so that if I lose my phone, I'm not compromising all of my contacts. And having then, in addition to fixing everything I lost on my phone and dealing with that, now I don't have to apologize to a lot of friends for exposing their information as well. No, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. So, Peter, can I ask you what kind of phone you use? I'm going to shock you by saying I use a BlackBerry Classic. Wow. Okay. Yes, that is shocking. And I have I have an iPhone, and all, we're we're talking about the iPhone and and how they're being targeted and all the the different great things that you could put on a, a smartphone like an iPhone. And now I'm I'm sitting here sweating bullets. Uh, I went with the BlackBerry because I like the secure email service, and I actually like the QWERTY keyboard. If uh, somebody can make an Android, and I, BlackBerry has one, I believe, in the works. It's going to come out later this year. That's what the rumors are saying. When somebody can make a QWERTY keyboard so that I can actually type because I'm a 40-something, not a 20-something, I like a physical keyboard. I grew up with a physical keyboard. I used it for all those years. That's why I do it. And I'm not a real app-heavy user, as you can, re- as you can tell. I'm tech savvy, but I don't need uh, a dozen Facebook apps and all those kind of things. So I'm kind of, uh, um, I'm anti, maybe I'm not anti-social, but I'm kind of anti-social media is what I tell people. Okay, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So, Peter, is there anything you want to add that we haven't really covered yet? Just use the same level of security. I, I would just repeat that. Just use the same level of due diligence with every text, with every email, that you, that you have on the phone that, that you would at your desktop. If you're not going to click on that link, don't click the, you know, on your desktop, don't click it on the phone. Just be cautious and be careful and pay attention. And the other thing is don't talk on your phone and uh, walk into people when you're crossing the street. Uh, don't zone out so much. That's, uh, living in the big city, that's one thing I've always hated is people talking on their phone and they're going to get killed by a cab someday. <laughs> 
Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Peter, we thank you for your time uh, today. And I want to, want to mention that on clearancejobs.com, you can read Peter Suchu's uh, article, Spies and iPhones, why the Apple FBI showdown has been a long time coming. Peter, again, we thank you for your time and joining us for the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for joining us for this edition of the Security Clearance Podcast. I hope Peter made you as cautious with your smartphone as I'm going to be from now on. Please check back for our next podcast episode or listen to previous episodes. And thanks again for joining us on our Security Clearance Podcast. I'm Frank Rizzo.